It's just been in the last week or two that I finally got nonprofit status yeah. from the government. So it's it's early to tell, but um, you could build your own church now. <laughs> the church of Skeptoid. Certainly could. <laughs> Welcome to the Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, at Adam Reeks on Twitter, and it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast, and with me today down the line... From the US is probably my favourite podcaster in the history of ever, Brian Dunning. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Look, thank you for coming on. I analysed all the facts. I took a really sceptical view at all of the podcasts I listened to. You rose to the top. So wow. you've been podcasting for about a bajillion years. <laughs> Yeah, longer than I ever thought I would, that's for sure. I, I, I thought I was going to get it out of my system within a week or two and be done with it. And here I am seven and a half years later. Seven and a half now. <laughs> <laughs> what is your podcast? Talk me through it. It's called Skeptoid, a critical analysis of pop phenomena is the subtitle. And it's it's a short weekly show, comes on every Tuesday, and uh, it's 10 to 12 minutes long. Each episode is a single subject about some issue in pop culture that that a lot of people believe, but that isn't true or has a more interesting real history or real science fact behind it. So I cover all the popular urban legends that I can come up with. I have the privilege of digging into each of these, talking to experts in the field and finding out what's really going on, if anything, and in the cases where nothing's going on, diving into the kind of the psychology of how it became an urban legend and, and why it exists and why people believe it. It's just an explosion of education for me <laughs> every week doing yeah. this research, and I, I just can't imagine doing anything I'd love more. Yeah, I certainly learn something every episode. You mentioned uh, experts in their field. Would you count Joe Rogan as... Uh... <laughs> uh, Joe Rogan is an expert in the field of promoting conspiracy theories. And uh, if he heard that, he would call me a liar for saying that. But uh, that's what he does, whether he intends to or not. He promotes conspiracy theories. I, obviously, you're referring to I was on his show a couple of months ago. Yeah, you went toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. Yeah. Around in circles. It was, it was almost ballroom it, dancing. It was, it's very frustrating <laughs> to listen to. Um, it was very frustrating to be there, just kind of beating a dead horse around and around for 20 to 30 minutes at a stretch. I think I'm the first person here he'd ever had on the show who came to challenge him on some of the things that he's talked about. The aftermath of the show. The show itself was, I think, polite and cordial. And after the show, we had a drink and had a good time. But after that, it, it just went to hell. I got uh, literally thousands of tweets calling me every obscene name in the book, trying to convince me on every conspiracy theory in the book, everything from 9-11 to the moon landing to JFK to... I, I mean, clearly his, his audience is the conspiracy theory audience. Who's the other and who's was, the big conspiracy theory a, guy? Alex Jones? Alex Jones. That's who I'm after. Yeah. Try yeah. getting a coherent sentence out of that guy. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put <laughs> both of those guys on sort of a, the same page. One has a sense of humor, the other does not. I anecdotally think that comedians generally typically 
tend to lean towards they're very the keen observationalists they have to be to be able to you know suss out what is amusing what's real what's unreal and then play towards that you can derive a great deal of humor in that what are your thoughts my experience has always been that comedians good comedians are and have to be among the most intelligent people out there that's been my my analysis and and i think joe rogan is the same way He's not a dummy. He's a very bright guy. He's a very sharp guy. But that doesn't make anyone immune to any strange beliefs. And although Joe says that he doesn't believe the conspiracy theories, and I believe him when he tells me that, he clearly promotes them, intentionally Mm. or not. He presents them as interesting information and converts his audience. Whether he intends to or not, he's doing more harm than good. And I thought it was worthwhile to go on and and challenge him about that. That's the one thing I I really took away from that interview was he comes across as being quite innocent in discussing these things. And Yeah, I'm just the guy asking questions. I don't know, I'm just asking. Yeah, Mm, Which I, uh, it rubbed me the wrong way. It was a little disappointing. That's a, that's a terrible, terrible argument. I'm just the guy asking questions. And here, let me ask the wrong questions. <laughs> you know, why was the moon landing a hoax? Not was it a hoax? And you debunk all these sort of topics show by show. So you'll pick a very specific topic and nail yeah, but, it. But, but, but when you say I debunk them, that's like the first step of the process. Because let's take a story. Um, Friedrich Valentich, that's one of my stories from Australia. Um, as a young pilot who flew out over the ocean, was never heard of from again, but his last radio broadcast was to the control tower saying, hey, there's a UFO flying above me. And so his story has become one of the great foundations of the UFO community. What my job to do was to make a good show out of that is not simply to debunk it by saying there probably wasn't a UFO or there's no evidence there was a UFO, but rather to come to the truth of what actually happened. I don't care just to debunk anything. That Telling your audience that something is not true or something is wrong, that's not interesting. Giving them something, however, is interesting. And what we learned about what probably actually happened to Frederick Verlintich and where that dialogue came from that was on the radio, to me, that was learning something new, and it put the whole story into a whole new light. It really highlights the fact that debunking is not a, not a very good, satisfying outcome, but revealing the truth of what's actually going on is a satisfying outcome. Hmm. That's what I try to do. And on occasion, you'll pick a topic, something that doesn't necessarily have a lot of mysticism associated with it. One of my favorite episodes of yours, and I've, I've shared it oh, more times than I can remember, the episode where you discuss, are we the alone? Wow I think you may have touched upon it. I think you did a, an episode specifically on the wow signal, but the episode, I think it's entitled, Are We Alone? And oh, yes, you take yes, a yes. statistical look at whether or not we are alone in the universe and what the probabilities are that it could just be us. It could just be us. But it's probably not. But there's no evidence to suggest that there is other life out there as yet. Well, let me tell you what drove that episode. Frequently, there's a lot of UFO stories. I've probably done a dozen UFO stories, um, some of the most popular UFO tales. And the comments that I would get on the website were, Dunning is such an idiot for thinking there are no aliens out there. Now, of course, that's not at all what I'm saying when we talk about what people probably saw or what probably happened. I'm not at all saying that there's no aliens out there. I don't believe there are no aliens out there. In fact, I don't know of a single astronomer who believes there are no aliens out there. So I'd wanted to do an episode once and for all to say, hey, just because 
there doesn't appear to be any evidence that we've been visited by aliens. The question of are there aliens out there on their own planets, that's a completely unrelated question, and it's a fascinating one. Oh, yeah, and you, you gave this wonderful analogy of how long it would take a signal to travel from one star to the other, which a signal travels at the speed of light, so at 300,000 kilometres a second, it takes a long time. And that's assuming yeah. that there's a habitable planet with a sufficiently technologically advanced species there to, to yeah. try and reach out. But the analogy you gave was picture the lights on a Christmas tree. So every star in the galaxy is, or every light on this Christmas tree is analogous to a populated planet and they blink in and out yeah. of existence. So even though two may exist near each other, they have to exist both on at the same time and be within shouting distance of one another. It created a, a beautiful picture in the brain. <laughs> Thank you. You can see two Christmas lights. One blinks on and then the other blinks on just in time to receive the signal that the first one sent before it blinked off. Hmm. And even though there may be two planets, two civilizations relatively close to each other in the galaxy the chances of them being able to communicate back and forth while both of them continue to exist is still a small chance and of course there's a lot of unknown variables in that you know there's the famous drake equation i, I think we talked about the drake equation in that episode mm. named after frank drake the astronomer who first proposed it it's a long equation taking all the variables of how many stars or how many planets around the average sun how many planets are likely to support life? How many of them are in the habitable zone? How long does a civilization exist is one of those variables. And how many data points do we have for that? Well, we have our own civilization. We've existed as a technological civilization for about 100 years. How long are we going to continue to exist? Nobody knows. It might be another hundred years. It might be a million years. But we don't know the answer to that question. But when you consider 100 years or even a million years, compared to 14 billion years in the life of the galaxy, you can see that any civilization is the blink of an eye. I, I'll go out on a limb and say it is an absolute fact that there are aliens out there, and plenty of them. <laughs> but how many of them will we ever be able to communicate with and meet is a very different question. Yes, might have to leave that up to Hollywood to sort it out for us. <laughs> I'm sure they will. <laughs> Your show is not only in English now, I think it's a multilingual show as well. Yeah. Late in 2013, I started a Chinese version of the show. I collected a, a number of potential Chinese hosts and had test recordings done with them and workshopped all these recordings with with a group inside China and had a, a clear winner. Her name is Lizzie Lee, and she has done 20 of the episodes now so far. She translated them and recorded them, and then we engineered them, created a website and everything that's all in Chinese. It's been a slow start, and I've had to throttle back, because I it, it's expensive to do, I've had to throttle back the number of episodes until we can figure out a better way to market these to China. China is a very interesting nut to crack, because it's the biggest market in the world. Mm. If we can get some attention inside China, then you know it should be relatively easy to make the show self-sustaining from a financial point of view, because it, it, podcasts are not free for people to take time out of their lives and do. Yeah, yeah. However, there's a number of problems with China. Number one is it's very difficult to get money out of China, because the yuan does not, you can't convert it to other currencies and, and trade it. You can't make a credit card payment from inside China to outside. There's one credit card that virtually everyone in China has, but their rates for currency conversion are prohibitive. So it's it, that's a problem that we haven't really solved. Then you've got the whole content issue. Not so much a problem 
of, you know, what are they going to throw up the great firewall of China and block out? Not too worried about that because we're not doing controversial topics. We're doing interesting topics. But just the question of which topics are going to intrigue Chinese audiences and if you're not Chinese, that's that's a really hard question to answer. In fact, even when I was in Australia, I was giving a talk in Melbourne. Melbourne or Melbourne? Melbourne. That's Melbourne. <laughs> Thank you. I should have gotten that by then. But I was doing uh, one of the popular subjects here in the United States. I give a talk on, it's called the Virgin of Guadalupe. It's something that happened in Mexico, and thus it has a lot of cultural influence in the United States. And so I'm speaking to this audience in Melbourne about the Virgin of Guadalupe in Mexico, and I'm just getting blank stares. I say, here's a picture of uh, Hernan Cortez. You all recognize him, don't you? Blank stares. Nobody in <laughs> nobody in Australia knew the heck knew who the heck uh, this guy was, who was a, one of the conquistadors in in Mexico. And I'm starting to realize, huh, we've got cultural differences here. <laughs> Even though uh, they're, they're, I, you know, I don't know what happens in uh, Tasmania any more than you guys know what happens in Mexico. So I think we've got 20 times as big of a problem inside China. Mm. Now, I do have people inside China, and they give feedback, and they try to help as much as they can. It's really odd. Over the last few months, my the growth of this show has gone up incredibly in China, and I don't do a Chinese podcast. It's, oh, interesting. Huh. Hmm. It's a mystery. You'd have to do an episode on it, Brian. <laughs> well, you, you know, the way you look at which languages to do is what's the biggest population of people who don't speak English? Hmm. You know, you go to a lot of countries where there's a lot of foreign where the, a foreign language is the, the leading language, but if most of them also speak English, for example, India is an example where most people who might conceivably listen to a podcast are quite fluent in English. Mm. There's no point in doing an Indian language show. But China has, is the world's largest non-English speaking population. Spanish is second. Russian is third. So those are the ones that I would go to next. Mm. Well, I hope it works well for you, sir. The world could certainly use some more critical thinking. I agree with that completely. Especially oh, your I'm... leadership. <laughs> <laughs> You've got some house cleaning to do, Brian. <laughs> I know, I know. In a nutshell, what are a few critical thinking tips you could give the herd mentalists? You know, I, I believe my opinion is that everyone has critical thinking skills. You just don't have kind of the experience with the typical examples to know when to apply critical thinking. And I'll give an example to explain what I mean by that. When I was a kid, as are most people who work in science skepticism, I was a huge fan of the paranormal, science fiction, all of that stuff. And I read all the books. I read all the books on UFOs. I was a particular fan of all the books on Bigfoot. And I remember very specifically, in one of the books, it closed with the argument that either the greatest hoax in the history of mankind has been pulled off among thousands of people over every state and every country, or there is actually a giant ape running around in the forests of North America. And I read that and I go, huh, well, that's true. That's right. And it's so, so improbable that a hoax of that proportion could have been carried out that there must be a Bigfoot. And I think that argument convinced me for years that Bigfoot had to be real. Now, if I, if I give you that argument, how do you reply to that argument that either there's a huge hoax has been pulled off or Bigfoot is real? What would you say to that argument? I'd say that there's not enough options. Yeah, it's the fallacy of the excluded middle. It's not simply two options. 
that completely ignores the far more likely explanation that people have been mistaken. Much more likely than either of those two possibilities. Yeah, back and drag it right back to your very first episode. Do you remember what that was? New Age Energy. Mm. <laughs> no? Was it was it New Age? I think it was I think your very first episode was Is There a God? No, I've never done that. Oh dear, how awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go back and find it because I'm sure you've I've, done I, one. What one of the first five? I think it was one of the first five. It, I, it would take me three seconds to check this because there's a computer with a browser sitting right in front of me. But I think it was um, called Sin. What is it good for? And it was just an exploration of what some religions consider to be sin and how those aren't sinful in other religions, and what's the whole point of calling things sinful and calling people sinful. That was much more of a, you know, kind of a philosophical discussion, and it's something that I don't do anymore. I've shifted from, here's Brian's personal opinion about something, to here's an interesting subject, and here's what we know about it so far. So I I don't really do that kind of episode anymore, but that's the only one I can think of that got close to well, now I'm not so sure. Now I have to look. Now I have to spend the three seconds to look at my problem. I've cast the seed of doubt. But don't worry, Brian. Where you, where you leave off with the opinions, I'll pick up. I'll, I'll carry that okay. bag for you. Fair enough. Because now you got me thinking. I know there is an episode that that's what you're thinking about. Okay, I had religion as a moral center. Ah, that may have been it. That was in the first five. Yeah. Um, then there's the one I'm talking about, which was called Sin, What's It Good For? Then there was an evolution primer for young earth creationists, except I pronounced it primer and have gotten seven years of crap for that. <laughs> I, no, I, do I like your, about it. I do like your spiritual healing ones where you take a critical look at those. We, On occasion on this show, we have uh, Ray Comfort and his assistant, Raylene, who partake in some skits, and they recently had in a Dr. Susan Shumsky, who is a a peddler of woo. She's like the poor man's Deepak, I would argue. And (laughs) they got her into to mix up a a batch of healing crystal meth. Healing crystal meth. They got mixed up with the healing crystals and the crystal meth, and uh, the, the batch came out wrong. Simple mistake. Anyone could make it. <laughs> I'd Brian, be skeptical of taking anything they made. Uh, with good reason. Brian, thank you very much for coming on the show. I've been really looking forward to having you on. You'd be welcome back on any time. It's, it's always great fun, and I, I love meeting new audiences. So let me say hello to everyone out there who listens, and I hope you come and listen to uh, Skeptoid.com and, and give it a try. I do too. It's been the one of the reasons I got into being a herd mentalist. It's It's been a wonderful resource, and there's so many good topics there, guys. Go and check it out. Please do. Thanks a lot, Brian. Take care. Okay. Brothers and sisters, this is not Pastor John Haggie of the Cornerstone Ministry in San Antonio, Texas. I'd like to take a minute, apart from my book tour about the four blood moons, to talk with you about the Herd Mentality Podcast. Brother Adam Reese is down there in the later Australia, and uh, he's doing Jesus' work. He's talking about real things to real people. So I'd like you, brothers and sisters, to please take a moment. Go over to the HerdMentalityPodcast.com and click on the support tab. It's what Jesus would do. It's what I've done. Please. Ladies and gentlemen, down the line with me, I have at Common Cormorant. How are you, sir? 
I'm good. How are you, Adam? Very well, thanks. It's a busy day now. Whereabouts are you based? Oh, I'm in Southern California. You were in Australia recently. Right. I had beer with a certain attractive interviewer and my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, that, that would be me. I'm very flattered. I'm blushing. Can you hear that down the line? Of course I can. Now, you've written a book called Tismon, The Last Blade Hunter. What's the brief synopsis? Guy wakes up in a field. He's in pain. He doesn't have any memory. Then things accelerate rapidly as he learns that he has magic powers and can resuscitate the dead. And there's there's dead soldiers, and then there aren't. And then there's a whole other race of people. And then it's not in some fantastic world. It's actually on Earth. Ooh. It's a fun ride. And I d- like does it. he go out of his way to resuscitate Fred Phelps? Ha! You know, he's kind of a bastard. In the story, he figures out that, that someone is, you know, distasteful, and then he refuses to resuscitate the person. And another person, he... Actually, it's the same person. He murders him on purpose and resuscitates him. And that, that person doesn't realize that that's what happened. Yeah, he probably wouldn't resuscitate that guy. Fair enough. And where could we get our hands on a copy of said book? Well, there's an international linking service that I use. So if you did mybook.to forward slash Tisman, T-Y-Z-M-O-N with a capital T, it'll fix, you know, whichever version of Amazon is local to you. Apparently, some places you can only do the Kindle version. UK and US, you can get physical copies. And in Australia, you can get a physical copy, but it it costs more than the book. To get a post of yeah, here. I know you ordered it. You're you're crazy. I think you know the only one that has a more expensive copy than you is is Yen's Tongo Tongo uh, Z because he, you know, I gave him the one that I brought with me to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Very generous of you. Yes, yeah, because you know, thousands of dollars to go to Australia to drop off a signed book is just normal. <laughs> At Common Cormorant, you've very kindly allowed me to defile one of your works with a picture of a cow and send it to a tither. So this one's going to Donna in North Carolina. So Donna, it'll be signed and stuck in the post and sent out to you later today. So thank you very much for helping the show. At Common Cormorant, thank you very much for coming on and uh, discussing your work. All the best with it. Thank you for having me. I'll talk to you later. G'day, Raylene. Hi, Ray. What's going on? Uh, not a lot. Well, you know, chilling out. Well, I'll tell you what's not chilled. I just tried to buy something with the Living Waters credit card and it bounced. What's going on? Ray, we've got no money. We're absolutely broke. I've had to cancel my anal bleaching. I can't afford it no. anymore. Oh, dear. Well, this is no good. The Healing Crystal <laughs> Meth Cake Stand didn't go very well. No, I know. That doctor of divinity, Dr. Shumsky, turned out to be, you know, a drug dealer. Oh, dear. Right. Well, we need some money to pay the credit card off. What's, uh, what's the alternative? I was thinking about it. You know, um, sometimes they have those psychic channels where people can call in at a premium rate. Oh, psychics. Premium, yes. You and I are possibly the most intelligent people on the planet. That's true. I thought if we put our... <laughs> if we put our heads... <laughs> <laughs> if not the most intelligent, certainly the most psychic. Or psycho. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we put our heads together, we can solve the world's problems and we can charge like four ninety five an hour. An, an hour? I did it. <laughs> <laughs> four, 
four ninety five an hour. We could outsource this to Pakistani children. Brilliant. All right, we'll send out a tweet. We'll fire up the four ninety five a minute hotline at Living Waters and see what we can do to solve people's issues. Well, in my issue as well, I've got a shady asshole. <laughs> There's nothing slim about that, Shady. Radio. <laughs> Put your tweet out. All right, Ray. Hello, Living Waters. This is Raylene speaking. Hello, this is Dr. I.P. Freely of the Climate Institute in London. I heard you had um, some options that we can use in our new climate change paper to the EU. Would you care to comment? Climate change? Climate change, change what, Ray? What's this climate change he's talking about? It doesn't sound right to me. It's not mentioned in the Bible. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Dr. I.P. Freely. Uh, we don't really deal in hokum here. We just deal with biblical facts. Yeah, just the so... science, just the real science. So uh, unless you can produce something that shows that this climate change is actually occurring, we're going to have to ask you to hang up. Quick, Raleigh, hang up. Yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> Hello, Living Waters. Raylene speaking. Uh, good evening. Uh, this is Deepak Chopra. Oh. oh, no. Oh, hello, Deepak. Uh, hmm. What can we do for you here at the Living Waters phone-in emergency technical support hotline? Well, um, I'm having little problems. Um, I, I took a video, a cosmic video of my cat, and it has disappeared into infinite consciousness. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I'm wondering how to get it back. Oh, well, have you tried turning your cat off and on again at the wall? No, no, because it's disappeared into infinite consciousness. Oh, no. Raylene, uh, have we got any backup cats that we can post out to Deepak? At a price, yeah. Hang on, just mute him. What do you think we can get for this? 25,000 shackles, I'd say. Rightio, I think he'll buy it. All right, unmute him. Okay. Hello? Hello, Deepak. Uh, 25,000 shekels. We can post you out a new cosmic cat. Uh, do you have a picture of the cat? Uh, hang on. Uh, Raylene, can you send it via cosmic fax? Um, yeah, hang on a second. Sending one picture of my pussy to Deepak. Oh. <laughs> right, did you get that, Deepak? Uh, it's just printing off now. Give me one moment. Oh, ginger pussy. Very nice. <laughs> All right, can you transfer the 25,000 shekels via Cosmic PayPal? I will send it over right now. Give me one moment. Okay, the transfer is complete. Excellent. All right, thank you very much for calling the Living Waters hotline. We'll see you thank never. Thank you very much, Ray Comfort. Stay, Stay conscious. conscious. <laughs> That's brilliant, oh, Raylene. We've, we've, we've raised 25,000 shekels already. It's 25,000 cosmic shekels. I don't think it really is worth anything. All right. We've been duped again. We're going to have to take another call. Hello, Living Waters. Rayleigh speaking. Oh, uh, hello, Rayleigh. Hi. How can I help you, sir? (laughs) Uh, Yes. Well, I'm a a frequent flyer with uh, US Airways. And uh, I've just noticed on social media that they've uh, launched an unconventional method of uh, flying where they seem to be inserting their aircraft into the nether regions of young ladies 
And I was just wondering, given that you know, Raylene uh, has a very large and accommodating nether region herself, whether US Airways will be able to insert one of their larger planes into uh, said nether region. What, like oh. a, a walking bunker? Okay, Raylene, I've got a solution. Okay, Mr. Caller, I've got two tickets here for Malaysian Airlines on a flight called uh, MH370. We'll, uh, we'll happily exchange those for you, no problem. Um, for any flights down under you know just bear with us this is a new service and it might be a bit gash to start with just a hot tip you might want to book at the front of the plane the landing strip might be a bit wet so do bear with us i'm just uh, asking because i like to travel with my cat so am i able to bring my own pussy on board oh yes pussy on pussy's fine no problem (laughs) okay thank you very much excellent work raylene we're raking it in i know see Yes, hello. This is uh, Puff. Uh, I, well, I suppose I am now emeritus, Pope uh, Benedict the Sixteenth. Oh, Raylene, this guy sounds like he's really important. Hello, Pope. Hello. Yes, I used to be important. Uh, and then I gave away my gold chains and my gold throne and uh, my gold uh, little sticky thing that I hold. Right. Well, if you ever need <laughs> if you ever need something golden, there's always a space for you here at the Living Waters Dungeon with the uh, eight. Well, anyway, what can we do for you? Your uh, honour. Well, I am in a little bit of a bind in that I do not know. I'm constantly being asked to provide uh, guidance on homosexuality and I simply do not know what to say to my friends, to my family and indeed to all of my followers. Oh, Raylene, uh, quick, check the Bible passage. What, what? What's the one? The Bible, that, that doesn't really like homosexuals, does it? No, no, it says something about every man that lays with another man must be stoned. But I reckon that's quite ambiguous, Ray. I mean, it could be that just have to bong it up, smoke a spliff before you hide the sausage. Per- well, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> All right, uh, Your Holiness. Well, that's been four ninety five for that last minute, so thank you very much. Well, but- I should say that uh, during the papal election time, I'm not sure whether you are the, whether you are familiar with the conclave, but uh, that we spend about ooh, three, four, five, sometimes uh, several weeks inside the conclave in St. Peter's Cathedral, uh, stone. Oh. That's what the white smoke is. Wow. Oh, well, that oh. makes sense. I, I, but I did see that smoke coming out, and it did say, send more little boys. What's that all about? <laughs> yes, we, we, we have a great deal of trouble uh, interpreting our own signals while we are so immeasurably high. Mm, yes, I see. Okay, well, nice to speak to you, Uncle Fester. <laughs> Thank you very much for calling, Your Holiness. Yes, indeed. My holy in your ness. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is this is this that sex call in line? Oh my lord! My is this who I think it is? Uh, no, this is some other fella. This is some other fella. I, I just had a question about sex and sexuality. Oh. Uh, is this place to call? This sounds a lot like that uh, Joel Osteen bloke. It does, Ray. My asshole is responding to him. It's definitely him. Well, they're operating on the same cosmic frequency. I'm definitely not uh, Joel. Uh, Oh, 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 whoever you said that was. I'm a, just a fella who, who has kind of a, a recent fetish for gold butt plugs, oh, you, and I, I need you some listen help here. with this issue. You listen here, Osteen. We settled our deal fair and square. You're not getting Raylene back, and the solid gold butt plug's all mine, so you just get off this call. I don't care how much we're billing you per second. Uh, 
All right, but you know what? I tell you what, I can handle whatever you're billing me per second. I can lose six hundred grand and not even sneeze at it. You know what? You want to know why? Because God wants me to be rich. Maybe we should call your hotline sometime, find out some tips on how to make money because we're really struggling here at Living Waters. Well, I'll tell you, one way you don't do it is turn away somebody who's just got an honest butt plug fetish who's trying to give you some money to get some help. No, you, you, you owe me big time, Osteen, because we resurrected you with some homeopathy. It's not that I don't appreciate that, but when you did, I had this hankering for that butt plug and you've been keeping it under wraps ever since. Quick, Raylene, cut him off. I'll see you soon. Hello, Living Waters. Raylene speaking. How can I help? Hello. Um, I've got a, a slightly personal problem, really. I was looking for some advice. Raylene, yes, I think I can already sense the problem. The problem is you've got some sort of obscure accent. I don't like haggis. No, thank you. No, no, none of that here. Sorry. An obscure accent? Yes. Oh, what? let me get Google Translate oh, up geez, so I can this, understand him. This is ridiculous. Go on. Why can't he just speak with a normal accent like us? What's your real problem? The problem is, you know, I've, I've reached that age, Ray, where you know, things are starting to turn autumn. is kind of taking its toll, you know. Uh, well, no, I don't. You know, it's got a, a wee bit grey downstairs. Does that make any sense? No, not at all. Oh! Are you talking about your bush? The, the hair on my balls, railing it's starting to go grey. Were they terrifying? Uh, you know, I thought I was imagining it. Maybe just a trick of the light. You know, you look at them pretty closely in the light and they can look grey. You know, they're, they're quite... What well, I was asking myself is, what would Jesus do? Well, Jesus would say uh, 20 Hail Marys and then they uh, they should go brown again. So, all the best with it, you incomprehensible oh, idiot. Yeah, by your photograph here, I can see that you're ginger, so really grey is an improvement. <laughs> Yeah, I did wonder that. that. That was kind of what I was wondering about what Jesus would do. Jesus wouldn't have been Stop. ginger in the first place. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Problem solved. All right. Are you there? Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Living Waters. Raylene speaking. How can I help? Hi, I have a question about uh, about music, rock music specifically. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering if you think... It's okay to let kids, um, you know, teenagers listen to rock music, or do you think it's the devil's music? Oh, absolutely the devil's music. Uh, No, let me handle this one, Raylene. What your children should do immediately is go to a podcast called uh, C-Web Sunday School, and that's where they can find out more about Jesus. About Jesus, okay. So do you think that maybe um, rock music about Jesus is bad? I know they have Christian rock. It's absolutely terrible, but um, do you think that's also the devil's music? What do you mean? Isn't uh, Nickelback uh, (laughs) Christian rock? No, I fully endorse Nickelback. Nickelback, I'm sure, is the devil's music. I'm not asking about that. Nickelback. I think I've got it. Yes, no, okay, we endorse Nickelback, but not Kiss. Not Kiss? Okay. Yes, okay, so Nickelback is not the devil's music, then, you're saying? No, it's uh, That's Okay by Leviticus. Okay, Leviticus says so. All right, well, then it must be true. Thanks for calling. (laughs) Goodbye. Hello, Living Waters. Raylene speaking. Hi, Raylene. This is Dr. Ivy Catheter from the hospital. Do you remember me? Oh, hi, Dr. Catheter. How are you? I'm very well, but I'm calling because it's been several weeks and I wanted to check on Ray and see how everything's going. Oh, well. Oh, I'll just hmm. get him for you, Ray. Yeah, hi, hi. Look, doctor, I've been walking mm. with a limp 
ever since the accident. It's really quite embarrassing, really. Walking with a lump? A, or a, a lump. Limp. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a lump. What don't you understand? Oh. oh, my goodness. No wonder I got some sort of explosive testicle installed. What sort of idiot does that? Well, really, I don't think it's exactly an explosive testicle. Did you read the owner's manual? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've only I've only ever read one book, and there was nothing in that in that book about how to operate a remote control explosive testicle. Thank you very much for your concern, Doctor, but I don't think we'll be requiring any of your services anymore. Have you got any problems that we can solve for you? Well, things seem to be okay at the hospital, but I I good. Did All right, think thank you. Goodbye. Might... <laughs> You're so rude to Doctor <laughs> Hello, Living Waters, Lady of the House speaking, Raylene. Hi, Raylene. My name's At Secular Lad, and I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Oh, oh, this is a good one, Raylene. We can keep this bloke. What's, what sort of Jesus? Are you a Mormon, a, a, a Buddhist? Uh, which which Jesus are you? would you like to talk about? We can talk about Jesus. I'm one of the door-knocking Jesus ones. Oh, the Jehovah's Witnesses. That's the ones. Right. Maybe not so compatible. Because you, your Jesus, what's the difference between your Jesus and my Jesus? Well, my Jesus is real. Ah, but no, my, no, mm, no, he is. Raylene, he's playing some sort of mind game with me. Uh, I, think I know the difference between the Jesus. He's, I think he's a Jedi yeah. witness. Yeah, his Jesus <laughs> doesn't accept blood transfusions, and our Jesus will accept just about anything right. as long as it pays the bills. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, there you go. So, look, thanks for calling. We've proven that your Jesus is the incorrect one, and no, you're no. going oh. to hell. Goodbye. Oh, okay, bye-bye. Living Waters, Raylene speaking. Hi, Raylene. This is Archery Spark speaking. I have a small problem. We've all got problems. <laughs> What's your problem? How can we help? I've got a butt plug, and it's only three and a half horsepower. Oh. I'm trying to get a, get a little bit more juice out of it. Rightio. Well, is it diesel, or is it unleaded? Uh, it's three-phase electric. Oh, gosh. Well, there's your problem. It just oh. doesn't have the it doesn't have the torque. What you need to do is take it to your local bow repairs, which is where uh, Nicole Kidman gets her lips done, and uh, <laughs> they'll be able to crank it up for you, no problems. Beautiful. Oh, that might be the go. All right. Thanks for calling Living Waters. Goodbye. 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 Thank you. Hello, Living Waters. This is Raylene. How can I help? Hi, my name's Dr. Mel Thompson, and I was just wondering if you could help me out with a problem that one of my students has been having. Oh, we like... Yes, of course. Yes, we like students. We can influence them. Yes, go on. Well, one of them has been having trouble with her mum at the moment because her mum didn't allow her to get the HPV Gardasil vaccine. Right. uh, Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. I see no problem. Right. Well, <laughs> neither do I. But okay. carry on, Doctor. Carry on what you were going to okay. say. Okay. Well, you know, she she's interested in getting it herself, but her mum was a uh, conscientious objector when she was in her sort of early teens when she was getting it. And both her and her sister haven't been able to have it. And so she's been asking me about advice to give to her mum to try and convince her to let her and her sister have the vaccine. Well, I must say, I really agree with the mother. I mean, I'm no scientist, but I have read a few homeopathy books. I must say that HPV vaccine does make girls promiscuous. So there, there was a randomised control trial and all of them were frothing at the gash at the end. Amen. So, 
Mm. And to be honest, you don't have to have to worry about HPV because Jesus doesn't have HPV, and that, if you allow him correct. inside you, I don't sure. know. I mean, you, if you're a man, you can get anal cancer from HPV. Well, anal you cancer. Sure, Jesus doesn't have anal cancer. No, Jesus does not have anal cancer. Right. So well, no, I uh, agree with the mother. No, Sorry. No doctor. problem. Thank you, Doctor Mel. Goodbye. Righto, Raylene, I would consider that a success. What was that? About 50 bajillion callers. Plenty of problems where their problems became our problems and we sorted their problems. We do the Lord's work in such a brilliant way, Ray. Rightio. Well, job well done. <laughs> I was sending you a cosmic fact. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Right. We're, we're going to turn these over really quickly. So, would you like to be Deepak? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good work, Jacob. I've got to say, that was horribly intimidating because I started talking and I, I found myself walking up towards the health minister. <laughs> <laughs> who's just arrived, presumably for some sort of uh, formal function. <laughs> <laughs> well, good show, sir. Anyway, I gave him a nod as I, as I said the word homosexuality, which was fantastic. <laughs> Bye, Raylene. Oh, that was quite cute. Bye, Raylene. <laughs> oh, I love you, Raylene. Did I just say Jesus and I cancer? Yes. <laughs>